0: Hello and welcome to the Men Able Matters podcast, brought to you by the Men Able Movement. I'm Steve Witten, the founder of Men Able, and it's our intention to bring you hints, tips and the inside stories from our fabulous guests to help you to understand mental health and to get the global automotive industry talking about it as an everyday subject. So join us with another fantastic guest here on Men Able Matters. So welcome to this episode of Men Able Matters with me, Steve Whitten. I've got an amazing guest today. We only connected on LinkedIn last week. We had a chat almost immediately and straight away we hit it off and we said we actually should have recorded that conversation. So here we are now recording this conversation. So welcome to Men Able Matters, Sarah Sylvester. How are you, Sarah?
1: Oh, Stephen, it's great to be connected with you. It was it was one of those serendipitous moments where I reached out to you, you immediately came back to me, we had a conversation, and like you said, it was like I was almost kicking myself because some of the nuggets that we were coming out of bouncing off each other, and at the time, unlike now, we couldn't see each other, but I just felt that we had like an immediate connection with some of the things that we were talking about in terms of people industry, business, connection, collaboration and I'm just absolutely so grateful to be here and one of the things that we're trying to do because I have my own podcast as well is trying to do a two-way podcast thing which is going to be great so whatever we talk about on yours I'm going to just throw it up onto mine and see how we get on so perfect a yeah, first.
0: Absolutely <laughs> well that sounds brilliant so I'm you're recording me recording you recording me absolutely but Alan Partridge I know but we you know we know what we mean so fantastic well Sarah t- tell you what uh, do us a favor in great men able matter style tell us who you are where you're from and what you do uh, well my- if you want to make that last about 20 minutes that'd be brilliant <laughs>
1: Well, my name's Sarah Sylvester and I'm a transformative coach and I've just started my um, own business. I've been going since about June of this year and the transformative world was something that I fell into because I had my own, very much my own transformation. I struggled with my mental health. Um, I had a a very public, very painful mental breakdown back in the summer of last year. It was probably a classic case of... Um, workplace burnout, um, struggling massively with self doubt, um, self criticism, an overindulging sense of speed. My mind was operating at a million miles an hour. And I thought that that was the right way to go. I thought that to be senior in a corporate world in automotive, um, and felt that being a woman as well in that industry you had to work that little bit harder. You had to push, you had to keep going. So 12 hour days, 100 emails a day, Slack notifications, call after call after call. And my mind was just speeding away at a million miles an hour. And I never felt at the time that there was anything that I could do about that. I just thought that, well, you know, you just got to suck it up. And some of the phrases that I heard during that time was grow a thicker skin, just get on with it, just live with it. And again, being quite senior in the in, in the industry as well, having people that report into you, there's almost like, and, and Stephen, I think you touched on this in one of your posts, a mask that we all wear, yeah, that um, yeah, you don't know mm-hmm. what's going on underneath. You may have this public persona of poise and ease. You can get up and speak to hundreds of people about something that's very knowledgeable to you. But underneath, I was crying, I was dying, it was awful. And I just didn't know what to do about that. And ironically, the the breakdown happened um, on a day where we had somebody in to speak about mental health awareness and train us all to become mental health first aiders. And I remember the speaker that came in, I felt he was talking to my actual soul. Do you know when people, you look like that people can actually, know what's going on behind you and despite the facade that I had he was talking to the real me and I just couldn't cope with that couldn't cope with it so yeah I just had a a very horrible breakdown and took some time off and then did that happen in that session yes it did right and I had to leave the room so I I broke down in tears and I had to leave the room Mm. and then um the culminating kind of emotion just spilled out of me so Mm. I I don't know whether I I told you when we spoke but I was um, on the brink of doing something really dangerous I was I had in my mind and, and I think this is where my my journey with thought has come about that I thought that I was a bit of a human imposter I was going to get kicked off the planet for not behaving as normal humans do so I thought I don't necessarily want to end my life but I don't want to carry on living this life Mm -hmm. so a chair a window put the two together follow it out that might look like a good idea right now and something Stephen stopped me from doing that and I was not at the time but I was fascinated about what it was that inner sense of I don't know what you call it alarm bell that inner sense of wisdom that just almost brought me back from that brink and the ebb and do you think flow it was purpose of, possibly absolutely it could have been anything but I think mm. that ebb and flow of thought and emotion I've always been quite fascinated with that even at my darkest time mm. my my thought process changed when I allowed it to because nothing else was happening I was just you know what forget it I've had enough, that's it. I'm off this planet. Go away, the lot of you. And it was just fascinating to me. mean, not until very a, a few months later that that I realized what that was, that inner sense of calm that we all have access mm. to. Mm. But at the time it was just, I don't know, I give in, I surrender. <laughs>
0: well I think this was why you and I connected when we when we spoke on the phone because we touched on all of this stuff and we shared stories and and we were you know kind of amazed at just how similar they are and you know this whole thing about wearing a mask and particularly in the automotive industry there's almost a you know the more senior you get the more you're encouraged to keep that mask up yes yeah so I mean what what do you think You know, you mentioned how that sort of looked for you in the automotive industry. Where do you think all that came from? Have you been carrying that stuff around for some time, do you think?
1: I think so. Yes, absolutely. I mean, reflecting back, Stephen, for most of my adult life, I mean, I'm I'm in my late 40s now. uh, Most of my adult life, I was almost had this sense of doom and gloom hanging over me that there was something missing. There was something that I was just not quite getting that. Everywhere I went, I believed that the world had it in for me. And again, um, reflecting back on my own transformation, um, I, 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 I had a massive misunderstanding that we live outside in. So we live from an outside world coming at us, like, and, and I'll give you an example. This is a, quite a funny example. I'm a runner. And when I, when I go out running, um, I could say to myself, the rain is affecting my running style. So I'm only going to run in the sunshine because if I run in the rain, I'm not going to run well. Or another way of saying that would be um, the weather is affecting my mood. So we all wake up on a Monday. We've got that Monday feeling. We look outside, it's dark and gloomy. Oh my God, I feel moody because of the weather. And that outside in world was something I think that I, I, I believed that, in order to do something well you need to have and again I think we talked about this Stephen a certain amount of status attached to it mm. when I get a bigger car I am going to be happy when I book that expensive holiday that is going to make me happy when I get a promotion and I go through the ranks of my industry I that is going to prove that I am successful and I think Carrying that around with me throughout the whole of my adult life, I think anything I did from my mid-20s, I did really well. I was really good at this stuff called life, but almost like looking over my shoulder, waiting for the penny to drop and waiting for somebody to come to me and tap me on the shoulder and say, you know what, Sarah, this is all a ruse. You're going to (laughs) be, you're out of here you just, you've had a no, 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 yeah, no. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've worked you out. We've worked you out. And I think I carried that around with me for a lot of years. And mm, it's almost mm. that holding your breath feeling that you get when you're waiting to be found out. And I spent a lot of time holding my breath. Just, no, this, no, no, no this isn't right. This isn't right. And yeah. and yeah, it just culminated into that horrible episode.
0: So now, now you're, you're turning that um, into your transformational work. So you obviously see something similar in lots of other people. And this is the Absolutely. bit that you and I talked about, how many people actually carry that kind of stuff around. So, you know, I'm not asking about you specifically, because I, I don't want to trigger anything for you as we're nice talking. Sense. But where do you think that, in, you know, that originally comes from? Because we're not born like that, are we? We're not born with those doubts and fears. So, so where... Where does that happen, do you think? What what are some of the examples you see of where that kicks off?
1: It's a really fascinating question, Stephen, and I think it boils down to people believing that they live in the output of what, what, what they think about. And I'll probably try and explain that a little bit better, that we think something, but we are not our thoughts. And that sounds really simple, but I can think that I am anxious. I can think I'm depressed. I can think that the world has got it in for me. I can think lots of things. I can think I like salt and vinegar crisps. I can think I like the weather. I can think lots of things. But when we as humans start to identify with that thinking process, so we think that is who we are and we start to believe it and we then carry that around with it. And then we we carry on almost like a snowball effect um, to it it then becomes a really scary place because believing thought is true is is probably one of the most misunderstandings that I've come across. And also, it can you can absolutely terrify yourself, Stephen. I mean, yeah. if you think about some of the things that you've thought about yourself,
0: yeah, yeah. You, can,
1: you can scare yourself silly with some of the things. And actually, to think that you've just thought about it and thought is neither personal or permanent it's very transient Mm. and the minute you attach meaning to it that's when it gets pretty um compelling because i was compelled i was absolutely compelled and i'll tell you a very short story that after my breakdown i didn't leave the house for weeks but only to run And I was sat in my bed one day and I was because I got back into bed after I'd gone out for a run. I was in my gym gear. I was sweaty. I was stinky. It was horrible. And I sat there and I'm like, this is it for me. This is all I'm I'm worth. And all of a sudden I glanced up and it was a beautiful summer day and there was birds tweeting and the sun was shining. And I looked outside and all of a sudden my mind went, whoosh, peace, calm. And I went, hang on a minute, you're supposed to be anxious. You're supposed to be depressed. You're supposed to be wound up about these things get back to that place immediately because you're not worth the beauty and the the loveliness and the calm that you've just dropped into get back to that horrible anxious place that you've just been in and that was fascinating to me that without doing anything i could drop into a place of complete serenity and calm
0: that was mm,
1: fascinating mm. and i see that a lot in other people when you slow down And this comes from somebody who worked at a billion miles an hour. When you slow down, your mind slows down. All kinds of wonderful, fresh things pop in. I mean, that's probably one of the reasons why we connected, Stephen, because there's that. And you get out of your own way. And I get rid of all the angst about, oh, no, I'm not going to reach out to Stephen because he's, he's much better than me. And he's more senior than me and he's good at what he does and i'm rubbish at what i do so why the hell would Stephen ever want to talk to me and all of that in a catastrophizing dialogue
0: and yeah it's amazing what that that, all that you know it's amazing what a couple of banners and and a sticker on a microphone (laughs) can (laughs) create you know it's like 70 quid and four quid do you know what i mean and it's it's yeah it's it's but you're absolutely right because isn't that the you know isn't that some a symptom of the specifically the automotive industry that we work in where they, we see and hear that going on all the time, you know, people oh, being bad because they're not as good as the person that they sit next to or whatever. And yeah. it's, it's bizarre. I'm sure that happens elsewhere, but you know, motor industry is what we're familiar with, isn't it? Um,
1: absolutely.
0: I've got some examples since we spoke of um, pretty much exactly what you've just described, this whole kind of going at a million miles an hour. Um, because obviously a lot of businesses at the moment, you know, second lockdown we're in as we record this and a lot of businesses are finding that they've got, um, you know, more staff on, on furlough and, you know, those those that are working are working twice as hard. Um, I was speaking to some service managers the other day and one of them said out of 20 people in their business, 19, uh, sorry, nine of them have come forward and said that they are openly struggling with mental health related issues.
1: Yeah, that could be
0: a mix of all sorts of stuff. And even that that's become even worse that um, a fortnight ago, one technician actually attempted to take his own life.
1: Mm,
0: And the knock on effect that's had around the business um, is just immense. The reason we were talking was because those managers were openly saying, we haven't got the skill set to deal with that.
1: No, you know, we don't know what
0: to say. We don't know how to deal with it. We're not sure how we deal with, with it when he comes back. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned a mental health first aid session and I'm not decrying the need for that at all, but yeah. that's why I asked, did your, re- um, emotional breakdown, did that happen in that session? Because the bit I'm interested in is, did that help the people around you to know how to deal with what you did? Mm. Um, because I'm just worried that in our industry, and I'm going to say it cause it's quite brutal, but our industry is too reactive and yes. too cynical.
1: Yes. You know,
0: and you could just imagine a room. And I've, I'm going to say this on a vlog later. Just imagine a room full of sales managers sitting there with that session that you went through. Yeah. And they're all looking at the watch. None of them want to be there. You know, yeah. there's going to be a knock at the door in a minute because somebody's got a customer who's arrived and,
1: mm. you know,
0: problems that are happening. And, and you know what I mean? It's going to be. Yeah. It's
1: no, not absolutely. going to
0: it's not going to address the cultural issue. So. So what what happened with you after all that? How did you what support did you get?
1: I think just touching back on your reactive thing I think you're absolutely spot on there Stephen because in 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 my experience and certainly with some of the conversations I've been having with people um, to be reactive and to give somebody something to do and then also as well to expect people who've experienced or even witnessed somebody with failing mental health without and also trying to then say to them here's something for you to do about at rather than getting to that level of understanding that that is is it's almost like what's behind it rather than giving you top tips and strategies on what to do about it and again I'm not berating the whole mental health first aid as the way of working because I think it's a great initiative but I don't think it's I think we spoke about fixing a, a kind of going into open heart surgery and fixing an an open heart with a plaster Mm, it's almost like reacting to something yeah and I think following on from my breakdown to answer your question there was almost like a and it it was coming from me I'm I'm not going to talk badly about anybody I worked with but there's almost like an embarrassment and a bit of a oh we're not quite sure and oh we mm." oh, we're gonna have to put you in a place where you're gonna be out the way and, oh, we're not, mm. And there was no sense of, I mean, I felt very embarrassed and very ashamed. Um, And I don't think anybody was equipped to deal with that. Mm, mm. And I don't think we were actually having the open and honest conversations where I went back into the business and said, you know what, this is what's happened. This is Mm. what I'm experiencing. And this is why I think I've experienced it and actually get into the crux of um, understanding rather than reacting.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And proactively equipping people with simple tools like it's a conversation. You touched on it before, Stephen. It's a conversation. Let's get you in a room, sit you down, and let's just have a chat. Because yeah. certainly with my, the world that I'm working in, the transformational world, transformation comes through a conversation because people start to surprise themselves because they're not coming with that mask that we all talked about. I must say the right thing. I must do the right thing. I can't embarrass myself. I can't look stupid in front of my boss. I can't um, move away too far from my objectives. I've got however many things I need to sell to achieve what I want to achieve. Let's just sit down in a room Stephen, and let's have a conversation.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Well, that that's exactly what we're aiming to address through Menable is the the cultural side of it, and and you know we're like you, we're not going to decry the the mental health first aid uh, approach because that clearly has has its purpose. But I just think specifically for our industry at this time, yeah. you know, we're not ready for it because it is too reactive, it's too cynical. Yes. Um, and I mean, I even had one of these managers last week who was saying that he's almost now got to a point where he's afraid to even say to somebody in the morning, how are you? Yes. Because yes, he's, exactly. he, he doesn't feel strong enough that he can deal with the answer coming back. That isn't, I'm fine. I'm okay. Yeah, I'll be all right. Or, yeah. you know, it's not me or, you know, same shit, different day. All that sort yeah. of phraseology that we <laughs> use, you know, but yeah. if somebody came back and said, well, no, actually I'm not all right. And I really could do with a chat. He just thinks, Oh, I wish I'd never asked the question now because now it's taken me into an area I don't understand.
1: Yeah. And I think we touched on it um, before, Stephen, when uh, on our last chat, this whole ethos of being present rather than prepared. And that was very powerful. Oh, I love that, by the way.
0: I've used that since.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's really powerful for me for a conversation because Mm. when you come to a conversation and you are present, not prepared. You've got no judgment. You've got no idea. I mean, I rocked up to this. I've got no notes. Mm. I've got no idea what's going to come out of my gob. I'm hopefully I'm not going to swear, <laughs> but you know what I mean? But it's like coming up to a conversation present, not prepared, with no way of, if in that scenario, I really need a chat. Okay, let's have a chat. Whatever crops yeah, up, yeah. crops up. And whatever crops up, we will deal with it when it crops up. We will have a conversation. We will know. And it comes back to that special sense of inner knowing. You you will know what to say when you know what when you know when the time is right for you to say.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. You but will know. What what you're they're absolutely spot on. And I think if you know, if you picture that in a busy car dealership,
1: yeah.
0: Um, you know, are our managers not only equipped and have the right level of emotional intelligence that they need for that, but also um you know does the does the day allow them yeah you know because it could i can remember as as a manager you know as a dealer principal walking through the business and just saying to be oh, hi how you doing you know and knowing full well that actually i was doing that as a as a way of just acknowledging them yeah. because i was on my way to the next you know delving into a spreadsheet or get jumping on a conference call or sitting down dealing with an issue or a complaint or writing a report or, you know, Mm. and, and, and. It just goes on, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I can see
0: where this guy's coming from when he says, I don't want to ask the question, how are you? Because he's worried that actually in his heart, he really wants to sit and have that chat with somebody who says, yeah, I do need some help. But he's thinking to himself, you know, I've got this great big long list of things to do.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And it comes back to that again. I think, Stephen, this outside in world rather than this inside out world, you can Mm. be experienced in a world we are, we are sitting in the same room, but you can experience the world in a completely different way to me. Mm. I can be thinking all sorts, but, and that's not replicated for you. So in that situation and some of the conversations and chats that I've had with people, you don't know what's going on inside their heads. No. And,
0: and you and, can be lonely as well.
1: Absolutely. And, and there's that kind of sense of we're all in this together. Yeah. And you go back to what you said, and it struck a chord with me. We're not born this way. Mm. We're not born to be anxious or depressed or suicidal. And sometimes it's getting ourselves tangled in our own thought process. But at the end of the day, we're all human beings.
0: Mm.
1: Mm. There's fundamentally nothing different from us. I mean, apart from the male-female thing, but fundamentally we're all human beings.
0: That's a whole different subject of a different podcast, Sarah.
1: (laughs) when mommy and daddy love each other very much and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was me getting a little bit rude.
0: It's on a spectrum now.
1: <laughs> but we're all the same human beings. We've just, no, just right. experienced the world through our own thinking. Mm, mm. And to, to turn up to a conversation and be present, not prepared, and know at the end of the day, you're like me. I get it because I'm human too. I don't have to fix you because I'm human too. I may have had a scary thought, but all I've done is I've just, dis- I've just let it go. But I know what it's like to be human. We all know what it's like to be human, but yeah, we forget yeah. that. We really forget what it's like to be human. We just, we forget.
0: I would take that present um, present not prepared just a step further and say, and I'm not sure if this came up in, in the conversation with you because I, I know it did with other people that I've spoken to about this yeah. as well. And for me, um, because, I, you know, pre all of this COVID stuff, I was emceeing and hosting conferences and stuff like that. And whilst I've always had a bit of a reputation for winging it, mm. When you do an event like that, you can't, you know, a one day event ends up being about five days worth of preparation beforehand. Yes. uh, Because you've absolutely got to be on point. But somebody once said to me, the mark of a true professional is that the ad libs are well rehearsed. Yes. And I thought that's about the present um, and prepared thing that you're talking about is actually you can be present, but with a hot, you know, what your life and your experience has done is prepared you for that conversation. Does that that make sense?
1: It absolutely does, Stephen, because it touches on what we were talking about a little bit ago, and I just made a complete hash of coming out with it, that you will know what to say when the time comes for you to say it. Mm. And you'll only know that if you are present, but you'll only know that at the time that that happens. And sometimes for a lot of people, certainly for me in a senior corporate world, that was scary. I wanted to control things within an inch of their life. I needed to know the far end of it, where it came from, how it got there, what it was going to do while it was there. And all of that, I got the t-shirt worn it twice. And then yeah, every analogy that I'm destroying here, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's a way of being present, but knowing again, your inner sense of self or inner sense of knowing you'll always know what to say. Yeah. There's never going to be a time, Stephen, where you're going to open your mouth and words aren't going to come out. And if you are present with that, and you know yourself, you you know your inner sense of knowing. You, you, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, really, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, you may, yeah. you might end up, Stephen, actually saving a life.
0: That's yeah, what you well, end up doing. Exactly. And that's what we're, you know, you, you and I again connected and we had this conversation on,
1: mm.
0: on that subject, because I think, you know, our, our periods of dark thoughts were were very similar. Mm. Um, and, you know, who was there to, to catch us? I mean, I'm, I don't know about you, but I was very fortunate. I had a, a good bunch of really good friends around me
1: yeah.
0: um, that would say all the right things. And not just the, you know, what I wanted to hear. Don't m- m- take me wrong in that respect. You know, they would say the things that were important to, to be said. Um, yeah but you know and and it took a while I have to say because the key thing for me was was loneliness yeah you know and as I've said to a few people before you know as a speaker and MC I could be in a room with 500 people in it um, and on stage and be the center of attention and still feel lonely yeah how bizarre is that yeah you think
1: because you can think anything you want to think and you Absolutely. don't have to think anything and it's yeah. just it's fascinating now because that's that just proves that thought is so wonderful that you can be 500 people looking at you listening to you you can feel lonely that is just fascinating for me because it just proves that thought doesn't follow a certain sense of because it's almost like a kind of consequence I do this then this will happen Mm. so the weather outside is miserable that means I'm miserable it doesn't Mm. work like that and it's just so fascinating that it can be like that but and that's the misunderstanding for me that I think if people tapped into that a little bit more, their world, their world would just look so much more healthy, I yeah, think. Because yeah. I think one of the things that I did, and I probably still do a little bit because I am human, I had a lot of me on my mind. And what I mean by that is I was fascinated by me. Mm. I thought about me a lot oh my God, what's going on in my head? Let me just analyse that. Let me just think about that some more. Let me just work out what I'm going to do to fix that. And thinking yourself out of a thinking problem, Stephen, never works. It doesn't. And it's just, I think for anybody, having less of you on your mind will bring you possibly a sense of ease and a sense of calm. And it would definitely slow you down a little bit. And make your world look a little less cluttered. Yeah, because we yeah. all like a less than cluttered mind.
0: Yeah, I love that. I'm going to write that down as well. it's always <laughs> full of little nuggets. Our con- we've had two conversations.
1: I know. Sound- <laughs> we've got such lots of inspiration from each other. That's oh, going to be um, like
0: a weekly podcast. This now <laughs> at this. Re- <laughs> so, what would be your key thing from all of what you've said and you know, what, we've, what we've discussed? And you know, what would be your key kind of um, tips for you know managers or, or anyone? particularly in the automotive industry supporting colleagues and that then you know if um, you know without getting them to the level that you and I are at mm, in terms yeah. of this understanding but if you are in those busy businesses and you are present you're able to have those conversations, what, what tips would you give them
1: I would say Stephen probably the first one is be open
0: mm-hmm.
1: and what I mean by that is a lot of the time, again, we get up in our own heads and we are very closed. And I think I described it on our first conversation as almost being restrictive. I felt that like I was in a straitjacket. And I have a lot of compassion for anybody who's in a senior role that there's so much coming at you in terms of what you're supposed to be doing that you are very restrictive. But just be open to hear something new and something fresh. Just be open and realize that the people that are around you are your greatest greatest adventure mm-hmm. you can have a transformational co- uh, transformational chat with somebody and what you say to them you may have thought I mean I've said a lot of things to a lot of people and I said something to somebody the other day and they went oh my god and they had one of those you know those homer simpson moments like don't and I was like what did I just say <laughs> is that what's gonna make you like different just be open for the fact that you could you could just have a conversation, you could change somebody's life. So, yeah, my tip would be be open.
0: Well, I, I'm going to make an observation, if you don't mind, and that mm. is that if you hadn't told me the stuff that you've been through, mm. I would never have guessed that from your energy and your ability to, you know, just kind of light up a conversation. Oh, thank um, you and that happened when we connected last week and that's why we immediately said, you know, we've got to do this as a podcast. Yeah. 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 Um, And I wonder when you just said there about, you know, you say things to people and and you, you go, well, what did I say? I didn't realize I said something that's inspired you. And I was just going to ask you, do do you think some of that is also about the energy and the almost like a, like a bow wave that you're sort of creating now that you're, you're thinking in the way that you are compared to where you were before?
1: I do think so. But I also think it's not about me. It's about um, almost, I have got so, li- I, I don't know how to say this in the right way, because it's going to sound a little bit weird. I give no regard about what I think and feel. And what I mean by that, if I got up in my own head about anything that I did, I just taught myself out of it. So I probably have the least regard and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way but I don't really think about what I do very much I just know when I touch that gut reaction it I mean that gut reaction Stephen made me reach out and contact you Mm -hmm. that gut reaction made me accept our chats that gut reaction dialed me into this zoom call today I don't necessarily pay myself my head my thoughts my Oh, my God, you sound stupid. Oh, my God, you're waving your arms in the air. Oh, my God. you. I don't pay that any regards because once you go, and I suppose they call it flow, Stephen?
0: Yes, yeah, yeah.
1: Getting into that flow yeah. state where...
0: One of our enabled coaches, Emma Shaw, she talks about that quite a bit and uh, you yeah, know, you're spot created on. Yeah, that
1: flow and trying to edit that flow when you're in the flow, again, is... It's just not worth it because Mm. yeah, get the flow out. I mean, you could talk bollocks for forty-five minutes, and Mm. then afterwards, then look at it. There you
0: go. You're in flow now. (laughs) And I'm in
1: flow now. (laughs) I am in flow now. But again, it's 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 writing, and and I think some of the stuff that probably attracted me to to you and the Menable was a lot of vulnerable people just going with it and just Mm. being Mm. open to saying what is on their mind. It. Yeah, it's not going to sound all professional and all this, that and the other, but who cares? Mm. It's mm. real life. And I yeah. think once you start speaking from that place of reality, rather than masks, fabrication, caught up in thinking, caught up in yourself, all of that, that's when it starts getting really, well, it just, it's just disingenuous.
0: Yeah. yeah. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And it,
1: sto- it stops becoming real.
0: Well, you know what, early doors, I've got to say this, I had uh, a few people who sort of poured scorn a little bit on the whole men able thing and sort of said, you know, well, what, what qualifies you and the people around you to, you know, coach and counsel others. And, you know, to be fair, I know that came from a place of love and, and people were absolutely spot on to ask the question. And it did help us go away and clarify some thinking and go, actually, we do need to be very careful about how we position this. But let's not lose sight of the fact that, you know, me as an example, you know, 35 years in the industry, which means I know it inside out, yeah. 20 years in, in learning and development, um, you know, 15 of those years running my own business, plus having had my own issues that I've become quite open and clear about as well. Yeah. And an NLP practitioner certificate and various other bits and pieces and an ability, like you've just said, to sit and talk to somebody and go, come on, talk to me. Tell me what's going on. Let me understand what's happening for you. Yeah. Put all of that together. And forgive me sounding arrogant, but I think that kind of trumps a 260 hour coaching course.
1: I think you couldn't have summed it up any more perfect, Stephen, because I think certainly for me, um, starting out the way I am, quite, quite new, quite fresh, Um I don't have any credentials to speak of. I haven't sat a course and filled out loads of workbooks and got Mm. a degree and all that kind of like, oh, look at my shiny certificate. And I don't mean that to sound patronising, but um, my credentials are right here and I'm pointing to myself.
0: Absolutely, Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: My credentials speak from a place of truth. They speak from my heart, they speak from my gut, and they also as well, they speak from that inner sense of wisdom. And that is all mm-hmm. that I need because the minute I start, and again, I I recognize this in others because it's very familiar in the sales environment. You start to justify your existence. You start to almost second guess yourself and you start to try and justify why you are here, why you're on this, why you well, why you're here as it why you're in this job. Why you're doing what you 're doing, why customers don 't want to talk to you, why you aren't closing deals faster than boyo next door to you, or why you 've had a bad day or why you 're not hitting your target and you start to justify yourself over and over and over again rather than just well that 's the way it is right now. it mm. is what mm. it is, and
0: mm.
1: getting in touch with. I suppose the present moment is being quite powerful and that's when it comes back to being present, not prepared, but even outside of calls, meetings, anything like that, that whole, all we have is now. Mm-hmm. And all, all we all have is now and justifying something that we may have done two weeks past Tuesday and we may be doing three weeks come Friday justifying ourselves well I'm sitting a course and in four years I'm going to have a I'm going to have this that and the other and that's going to then make me capable of talking to you what (laughs) you mean I need a certificate to have a conversation now (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't sound right
0: yeah yeah
1: but yeah my I suppose my credentials are sat right sat right here
0: well, look, I mean, for what it's worth, uh, I mean, I know we're, you know, this isn't how we came about talking. But having spoken to you now a couple of times and, and done this with you, you know, I wouldn't hesitate to, one, have you as a coach. Oh,
1: thank uh,
0: you. And, you know, if I felt that I wanted to talk, take my transformation any further, then, you know, I would want to work with you. Um, and I would openly say now at this point that if you're open for it, you know, you're on the panel of people we'll refer people to through Men Able.
1: Oh, that's fantastic news. And I'm, I'm the same as well. I mean, working in the automotive that I did, um, I do have a few of the contacts that are still around, but in terms of mental health and shouting about things that are positive in the world, because we can get caught up a little bit in some of the negativity that's hanging, hanging around in the world. But what you're doing, Stephen, in the automotive world is phenomenal because I think we, we spoke before about the perception of automotive, um, and, how it's a little bit dare I say still a little bit behind the times maybe on 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 progression <laughs> technology. I'm being probably a little bit a timely. little bit is you being polite, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in just in order but
0: to, it is, it is, you know, we say that, don't we? You know, yeah. and it's it, we laugh about it. But I've done 35 years and I've tried leaving twice and come back. So <laughs> you know it's that bad, isn't it? It's really bad.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's a little bit behind the times, but what you're doing in the industry right now, yeah, should have been done five, ten years ago. But it's been doing now, and you come at it with such a, a zealous passion that's just—it's—it's it's marvelous, Stephen. I'm, I'm really, I'm really. Can I say I'm proud of you? That does not patronizing, is it? I don't I, mean you can it. In say that whatever
0: way. you want. <laughs> <laughs> as we've already discussed, what's going to happen is you can say that, and I'll go away in a minute and go. Did
1: she really mean did that? Did she really mean that? I really did to say that? that?
0: <laughs> What
1: did you say that for? Say that for? Say that for? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking behind um, me. Did you say that to somebody else? <laughs> talking
0: about someone else, clearly, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing you have never you're never really alone with this with those thoughts though, are you? That's the thing.
1: <laughs> but you're never alone with them, Stephen, and you'll never you'll never fix them either, because mm-hmm. it's like trying to tell somebody that they can fix the weather and trying to tell somebody that they actually understand gravity. That's the well, other two things. Do you know, do you know what? You've
0: touched on something there. And I think we did talk about this before, that this mm. this is a big part of the issue in the automotive industry. We are geared up for diagnostics and fixing. Yeah. You know, and take the workshop as an example. You know, if you're a, if you're a technician, a mechanic, you know, your whole life is about diagnosing what the problem is with a car, removing broken bits, putting new bits back on, and making sure it all works properly and off it goes and hopefully you never see it again if you've done it right the first time um now i think where you know because we're so ingrained in that thinking we try and apply the same when it comes to people yes and and i've used that analogy a few times and it seems to get the point across that people go oh yeah, yeah i get that and that, that's that i think is where we're stuck
1: yeah, I think you're spot on, Stephen. You've summed it up perfectly fine, it, 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 perfectly well. It's, it is that fixing. And as a society, I think we, outside of mental health, uh, oh, sorry, outside the automotive and within mental health, there is a propensity that we need to fix it. We need mm. to give you strategies and top tips and we need to put you on a, a course or whatever it is and fix, fix, fix all the time. But fixing is okay. And I'm not dissing fixing. Can I say dissing fixing? Anyway, I've just said it.
0: Um, (laughs) I'm going to write that down. Dissing, fixing.
1: Dissing, fixing. I'm dissing, fixing. It sounds like disinfecting, doesn't it?
0: (laughs) That could have come out all completely wrong, all of it, all of that.
1: I know it could have come out completely wrong Um, because it will work. Mm. But if you are looking for transformational change, no amount of top tips and strategies is going to get you transformationally Mm, any mm. different because thinking that you're never going to have a negative thought ever again you might as well say the sun's never going to rise ever again or it's never going to be winter ever again or i'm never gonna yeah whatever other analogy that i can completely destroy but it's it's one of those things that we're always going to have them because we're human and we're thinking feeling creatures and trying to get rid of them just let them go
0: well, I love, the, I love the thought that, uh, you know, because in this country we do moan about the weather and I've heard it said a few times, there's no such thing as bad weather, there's just an inappropriate choice of clothing.
1: Absolutely spot on.
0: <laughs> you know, if you go out in your shorts and a t-shirt on a day when there's four foot of snow out there, then you, you know, you may have made the wrong choice and that,
1: yeah. you know,
0: work with that analogy, but it seems to work in, in other areas as well, I think.
1: Yeah, but, <laughs> but you, yeah, you're right about the fixing thing. It's just moving away from fixing, which is quite difficult when you work Mm. in an industry where fixing is that's what you do for a living you fix a car yeah
0: Yeah. well I think that's where this this manager I was referring to the other day was uh, coming from when he said that he was concerned that asking the question how are you was going to get a response that he didn't know how to deal with because I think he instinctively just wants to you know if he has a chat sit somebody down and and fix them wants to fix them yeah you know what you need to do is or what you should do is and actually we would know that those are two phrases that you would absolutely never use no um, no
1: because one, one works for one is and also as well I thought that when well-meaning people would say that to me so you've got to have three affirmations first thing in the morning you've got to say three things that you're going to do today you've got to and then at the end of the day you've got to give three things that you're grateful for I got anxious about that because I was like I haven't done my affirmations today that must make <laughs> me a bad person and I can't think of three things that I'm grateful for oh my god and Whereas they're okay, because it's all about positive mental attitude, positive thinking, but you can't trick your brain. You can't. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be negativity spiralling because that's just what we are. Yeah. We, just, we think what we think, but we don't have to think. If, you know, We don't have to think that. We don't have to identify with that. We think yeah. it, but we don't have to identify with it.
0: Yeah. Sarah, that's been amazing. Now, I know we, we, you know, somehow are going to make this work as a two-way. Um, I know.
1: I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but uh, I was going to offer up that actually I think we could almost do with a part two. Well, I would that. be
1: always up for that, Stephen. I love talking to you. And so far, that's two conversations we've had and uh, I'm, wow. I'm buzzing about both of
0: them. You know, fan- fantastic. Thank you. That well, likewise. So, yeah, let's do that. We'll get a, we'll get one in the diary for next week or the week after. Mm. And uh, I'll tell you what. I'll let you go in. I'll let you be in the chair and ask all the questions.
1: That would be good, actually. Yeah let's do a, let's do a role
0: reversal. Do, <laughs> yeah. do you know what? As I found, as I was even saying that, I thought, "Oh God, that's going to sound as though that's all about me."
1: <laughs> you see? See you exactly.
0: See? <laughs> see, exactly. You've had an effect on me already. You see stuff works it well, definitely works yeah, nothing
1: to do with good. me <laughs>
0: <laughs> well look i've said that you know it'd be great to have you you know on the panel of, of men able as we get going you know we're going to want people around us that we know and trust and like that we can uh, make sensible referrals to one of the key things about men able is we want to offer through members or clients or sponsors we want to offer their employees free at the point of access yeah. um, and it's not always you know, and we want to actually veer away from the crisis stuff as well. You know, there is a mechanism for capturing that. We want to actually do the prevention bit, yeah. which is earlier on. So what we want to do is we want to hear that manager who says, I can't have that conversation about how are you because I'm worried about the outcome. Uh, we yeah. want to take that, go to his employer and say, he's probably not the only manager you've got. who feels like that. Yeah. We should be working with you to help your managers transform.
1: Yes, yeah, and that's that's what we
0: want to be doing. So that's if you're up for that, I'd I'd like to include you in that panel, if you want to call it that, of people that we can use.
1: I would be absolutely honoured and grateful and, and really blessed to be able to do that. I think one of the things that certainly I, I offer as part of my business is, is very, very similar. It's just that let's have a conversation to start with. And every client that I take on, I'll just give them a 30-minute a where you can just download. Let's just have a chat. And then mm-hmm. from then on in, whatever comes comes about and it's good to be able to just connect I think that's the connect and collaborate but connection for me is the thing that gives you the goosebumps
0: yeah well talking of which that was a lovely tenuous link uh done completely without realizing it (laughs) how can people connect with you well connection here we
1: go (laughs) what's the best way they they can find you and even then you saying that, oh my God, I've got to plug myself. Oh my God, I'm really embarrassed about this. And then all of a sudden it goes off in my own head. Cause
0: it's about you again. You see? <laughs> it's about me.
1: So um, my transformational business is called a place of space. Oh, and I wow. have, I have a, um, a Facebook page. I'm very new. So I don't have a website yet, but I have the Facebook page, a place of space. And I am on a place of space at iCloud.com. That is my email address. Drop me an email. Um, if you wanted to have a little poke around the Facebook page, I do um, weekly videos. I've also got a podcast called Thoughts Versus Facts, Mm -hmm. which this conversation is hopefully going to go on to. I'm really excited to listen back to it. And that is, again, exploring the thoughts that we all have and the impact that it can have. And I also do short audio bursts about topics such as stress, anxiety, living in the now, no, the inner sense of knowing and that goes as part of the thoughts versus facts podcast
0: fantastic that's brilliant okay well thank you very much for that um have you enjoyed i'm not i didn't going to ask have you enjoyed that because i think i get the sense that you probably have <laughs> <laughs>
1: have i enjoyed that <laughs> steve and i have enjoyed it and i enjoyed us connecting the first time and it's uh, it's been so great to talk to you and I'm, i hope some of the stuff that we've talked about has resonated with those that are listening
0: yeah fantastic well that's the whole point so thank you so much uh for joining me and uh thank you everyone for listening in to men able matters this episode and uh sarah and i will definitely be putting another one out there fairly soon i suspect
1: absolutely thank you stephen take care
0: take care thanks for now you've been listening to men able matters the podcast brought to you by the men able movement If you'd like to get involved join us at menable.org or follow the hashtag menable join us again for another podcast where we'll talk to more fantastic guests and get their hints tips and insights to their personal stories too see you again soon